Hi, everybody. I'm Peter Travers, and welcome to Popcorn, where we tell you what is happening at the movies. And there's a movie out right now that you've got to see called The Midnight Sky, which my guest today, George Clooney, directed, co-produced, and stars in. I don't know what the actors thought of him. We'll find out some other time. Just This is the seventh time you've done this, so by now, you're probably just impossible. I'm hard to, I'm hard to live with in general. Yeah. You know, I'm sure that we can have home, you know, home everywhere else. Yeah, it's, it's bad everywhere. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, you've done a movie that whether you call it science fiction or you call it something else, it really is about people who are alone, whether they're in space. There's not many people up there, five of them, Yeah, you know, and you're down there uh, in the Arctic with this little girl and. There's not much, but it's still a movie about connection in a time where we can't make any. It's like really hard to get outside of our bubbles. So what inspired you to do this one? Well, initially, Peter, I, I like the idea of talking about, you know, we, it's, you know, it's a story about what man is capable of doing to mankind, you know, and, and that's- Which a, is destroy it, yeah. Sure. But, you know, you and I grew up in the same- basic era where it was you know we figured at some point there would be an exchange between the soviet union and the united states and we'd all be gone you know we had yeah. duck and cover drills you know and that so, was it so the we bomb was falling yeah it wasn't <laughs> if but when you know and yeah. so we lived with movies like fail safe or uh or, or you know uh, on the beach when we reference in this film with the idea that you know, it's not impossible. And, you know, those all those elements are still possible. There's other ways we could do it, blow a hole in the atmosphere. Or, you know, we base some of the shots of outside Earth on uh, the satellite shots of the burning of California, you know. So there's a lot of ways we could sort of blow this. And so I thought that was a really interesting story to be talking about. We wrapped in February shooting. And then we started to go to work in, in the other world, which is, you know, the, the post-production world. And we were shut down and everybody had to go home. And suddenly it became really clear that, uh, that, that's, th that this world that we were in suddenly was about our inability to be near the people we loved and talk to people and be close to the people we loved. And uh, unfortunately, it became less and less of a fiction, you know, along the way. You know, a lot of people, when they see this movie right away, they're going to look at that beard. Now, you know, I've heard that you grew that thing. Did you oh, it really? It didn't grow itself. Yeah, I couldn't stop it at some point. It, had it a just kept going? Yeah, it has its own uh, Instagram account now. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I started it in the summer and just let it go. You know, the guys who live in the Arctic, you know, most of them have a beard just to protect their face. So that made sense. And then I lose a lot of weight because he's dying which wasn't fun. Uh, uh, it's easier to do when you're like 35, you know, as an actor. <laughs> you get, I'll be 60 this year. It's not so easy, you know, that's not as easy as it used to be to do all that stuff. But but that's what you could, you could have kept that beard for Christmas. So you could have been Santa for the kids. Well, the kids would, the funniest thing is my daughter hated it, uh, but, but my son loved it. And I would go to work and I'd find like a piece of a half a popsicle stick stuck in my beard that he'd like stuffed in it, you know, and stuff. So I, I was, uh, I was happy to get rid of it. Quite honestly, it was a, it was, it was a pain. But when you do a movie like this, when you say I'm going to make a movie that is about, they like to use the words like dystopia. Yeah. And yet it's not a hopeless movie. 
No. It's not a movie that says we're so screwed, we can't really come back from any of this. You know, I always like the idea of redemption. You know, this is a, really, this is a story about, you know, uh, regret and, 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 and deep regret and how badly and how toxic that can be and how deeply it, you, one needs redemption. And if you get redemption, um, no matter sort of what other things are going on in the world, that's a, that's a big, important part of this. And there is hope in this. There is the idea that, you know, you know, we may not all get out of it, you know, alive, but we'll get out of it as humankind intact in some way, you know, that, that the fight, this, this, this struggle that we're doing uh, on earth is worth it, you know? And I think that that's always important to have in the, in the back of your mind, you know, as opposed to uh, on the beach where it's just like, well, we blew it and that's it. And it was yeah. a cautionary tale, you know. Goodbye. Even though we're at the end of the world, it's goodbye. But mm -hmm. there you are in the Arctic with this six-year-old girl. Yeah. And there they are in space. Uh, David Oyelowo, Felicity Jones, Damien Bashir, uh, Kyle Chandler, Tiffany Boone. There are five person crew up there and basically you're trying to communicate with each other yeah. and your your message to them initially is are you sure you want to come back here <laughs> yeah well i mean i think all along his message is this isn't going to work here you know we we blew it and if that place that that he's discovered years ago is livable you should go start again do it better and uh and I, you know, I, I, I loved all the, the, the sort of the messages in it. I thought it was an entertaining script. You know, I thought it was, it had a good twist at the end. It has a good, um, there's a good, you know, you know, for me as an actor, it's also, um, it's easier to play a guy um, who has very few likable qualities. If you have a kid, do you know, I mean, I, when I was on ER, I was like a womanizer and a drunk, but yeah, you know, he likes kids. <laughs> and so you, good. you can get away with things uh, as, a, as a character. And I, I like the ability to be able to do that. Well, did that change you having your own kids? I mean, there you are, the father of three-year-old twins, you know? There I am, man. And here you are, this horrible, really, father figure who is basically wondering what to do with this child. And uh, what, what's That's what going I do with my kids. I'm wondering what to do with them. <laughs> really? Is that uh, it? Is that what's going well, on there? things do change yes um your opinion about things changes you're you're much more conscious about uh other people in your life than yourself yeah. which is a nice thing it's, you know nothing that anyone who has children doesn't know but you know it's all new to everyone who does it and uh so yes you do change i think you know in general it, it, the idea of our responsibility to the next generation and the generations after that um comes more into focus where you go, wow, they really are going to have, you, you know, th this, this is the first time that life expectancies have not gone up. And, you know, the, the kind of things that you look at and say, well, you know, maybe we should, uh, you know, let, let's, we should be working harder at the things that the legacies that we're leaving our kids. Well, I'm sure you're discussing that with the twins. Yes. Yes. In Italian. <laughs> In Italian. Yeah. Yeah, I don't no, know how uh, is your Italian? My Italian's not good. My kids are fluent. Um, but no, you know, we I'm doing a lot of uh Dragons Love Tacos reading, which really? I think I think there's a movie in it. 
I really do. I think there's a <laughs> full length. I'd be a hero, by the way, if I did that. If I pulled off a Dragon Loves Tacos, like. I'm trying to think what those kids could watch of yours. Fantastic Mr. Fox. That's it. They could watch Batman and Robin if they're in for, up for a laugh. But you know, uh, George, I congratulate you. To this year is the 23rd anniversary of a movie that basically brought audiences and critics together in hating it. Yeah, literally, yeah. we actually were able to do what we can't do in this country. I mean, I will say this: I think honestly, if you think about it, all the red states, all the blue states, this brings them together. It unifies them in one thing to hate. And it's that. I mean, so everybody should go stream that at least in honor of its anniversary. To and, do it. and just if you want to, you know, you're home, you're angry, you're raging, you're, you want to, you know, you're sick of being home. Just turn on the movie and just. That's the movie hate, to do it. Hate the movie. <laughs> but now you're watching children's movies. You become a different person, hopefully for the better. Which of your twins, uh, Ella or Alexander is most like you. Well, Alexander looks exactly like I did when I was a kid. I mean, I have pictures of him, uh, he and I at the same age, and it's really shocking. So, you know, he's, uh, you know, I, I, both of them are doing pranks already, which makes me happy. <laughs> Nothing makes me happier than watching my son put Nutella into his diaper and pretend that he's pooped himself and then eats. It's <laughs> great. You know, it just makes me, it brings joy in the place. Without any stuff from you, you didn't have to encourage him. He oh, just did it. Oh, no, I taught him. You know, that's you not, taught yeah. you know, those are, those are, these are very, you know, elaborate schemes. This is not some three-year-old that comes. This is, this takes somebody with some real four or five-year-old brain. Good. See, he's advanced already. So yeah. what, is your daughter uh, more like a mom? Is that what's going on here? I don't know. You know, they're they're both like a mall in the fact that they're incredibly intelligent. They're really smart kids. And uh, uh, so in that way, I think they're, you know, they, they didn't get that from their old man. And, uh, uh, but yeah, I mean, they're funny. They're very different. I, I think the one thing that's a real lesson in parenting is that, you know, you can do it with twins because it's apples to apples, you know, and you look at them and you go, they are completely different people. And they've been raised by the same parents at the same time. And uh, and so you really realize that they're kind of born with what they're, they are. And then you just try to guide them through life in the best way you can. What is life like for you now in quarantine where, you know, you and Amal are both as active people as I know. And well, can you do what you do? I mean, you could do, you could finish midnight sky you know you could be in your screening room editing room and doing it but you're an activist this as well you know you do things she's a human rights lawyer how do you deal with this through zoom well it's not as easy obviously and there's not the, we don't have the outreach we do and you can't do the kind of fundraising that we do and there's a lot of those kind of things but um you know if you think about it in terms of what the world is going through right now um you know, we have our health, we have a home. I, I'm not, oh, oh, uh, I don't have to worry about putting food on the table. You know, we're in an incredibly fortunate position. And so I, I look at it as there's a lot of difficult things for all of us. I, you know, for us personally, I miss my parents. I miss being with my mom and dad. And so you can't see them during this time. 
you can zoom with them, but they don't really dig all of that, all the technology. And, you know, um, you know, their version of zoom is like, I would look like this and they'd be like, hi, how are you? You know, that's how your parents zoom, you know, but they want to hey, see where I don't see you. Where, where are you? <laughs> so I miss, I miss them and I, and I'm all misses her family and all, all of those things. But you know, this is the position we're in. There's some light at the end of the tunnel. We're all going to get through this together. Well, I hear you have a puppy, too. Yeah, I screwed up there. Um, well, we got a, a St. Bernard puppy. It was like that big. Oh, so what? 100 pounds? Oh, more than that. And, and she's only like six months old, and she's a horse. But she's still <laughs> a puppy, so she runs at you like... Vroom, 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 vroom. And you're like, no, 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 no. Like every morning you come downstairs, she's like, vroom, vroom, vroom. it comes running at you. You're like, she hits you and knocks you on the ground. And, you know, it's like uh, the, the Jetsons, you know. <laughs> it's, it's true, but this is a life-changing experience for you as a father and husband, as well as a filmmaker and activist doing all these things. Have, do you feel changed by it? Are you going to be a different person the next thing you do? I suppose the only thing that's, that really changes is that everyone will appreciate our, uh, how deeply we need to be in touch with one another and how, how much we miss. I miss dinners with my friends and how much you miss being around people. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think we're, I don't think anyone is, there, you know, what, what will be looked at years from now is going to be the mass sort of uh, PTSD trauma that's happened to the world. You know, everyone is going to have this thing, whether uh, they've lost someone or, you know, someone very close to them, or whether it's just the idea of inability to be near people, loss of jobs, loss of careers, all of these things are going to have this huge impact on us for years to come. And it's going to take time to get through that. It's going to get time to get people back on their feet, uh, financially, and we're going to have to all join together and doing whatever we can to do that. You know, it's a, this is going to, you know, you need leadership that says we can do this together and, and let's get, let's get to it. And that's what I'm hoping for. With this movie, mostly it's about reaching out, despite the fact that you think everything's over. It's a movie that says we need to get out of our own heads. We really do need to do that. It also, you know, to me, it was always about the idea that you know, we are all in one way or another, always seeking some form of redemption in our lives. You know, the things that we didn't do or the things we didn't say and, and how desperately we need that to wash over us at times. I know people who are older than myself who uh, have lived with deep regret in their lives. And I have to say it is cancerous. You know, as you get older, it doesn't get better. It gets worse. You yeah, feel why like didn't I try that? Why didn't I, you know, why didn't I t do that job? Why didn't I stand up for the person that I should have? Why did I say the things I did? And it really rips you up as you, and, and the only version that saves that is some form of redemption and absolution. And so there's a, I, I think those are things, those are common threads. And But George, do you have that? Or do you feel regrets now? Of course, but I don't feel regrets on the level that, a lot of people I know, not a lot of people, but some of the people I know, the people I know who are so unhappy as old people, uh, because they're not foundational regrets. I don't have, you know, I, when I was 20, I, you know, I was cutting tobacco in Kentucky for a living for $3 an hour, $3.30 an hour. 
And I went to my dad and said, I'm going to drive this beat up Monte Carlo with 200,000 miles on. I'm going to drive it to California and go, go be an actor. And my dad was like, the odds are so against you, you know? And, and I said then, you know, well, I don't want to be 60 years old and, and I don't wake up at 60 years old and say, you know, I, I think I could have done that. Yeah, I'd rather go there, fail. And then at least when I'm back in Kentucky, I'd say, well, I tried. It just didn't, you know, didn't work out. Mm-hmm. I'd like to change that from 60 now because I'm now about to be 60. <laughs> but the idea of those sort of foundational regrets, I don't have. I have things I wish I'd done better and things I wish I'd said or spoken up for. But I don't have the deep ones, you know. I would think other than Batman and Robin that you wouldn't. You know? well, that's regret. No, you know, I will tell you a funny thing. Uh, and this is absolutely true. Um, without Batman and Robin, I couldn't have gotten to Out of Sight, which was the next film. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, I, and that wouldn't have gotten me to Three Kings, which is the next film, or Oh Brother Out There, uh, which is the next film. I learned lessons in that, in doing that film about uh, th- that I was going to be, I was no longer an actor getting a job, an acting job. I was going to be held responsible for the films themselves getting made. So I had to pick better scripts, not just, uh, you know, I get to play Batman, but you know, I, I have to work on better scripts. It was a, you learn from, from your mistakes. And I learned a lot from that one because there was a lot of mistakes in it. But you also choose when you're going to do something, especially when you're directing it as well, or the last time, I guess it was last year that you did Catch-22, you know, yeah. but it wasn't you as the star of what that was. I think the last time I saw you in a movie that you were the star was like Money Monster, right? So that's like, Four years ago? Yeah. Yeah. Do you miss using, working those muscles? You do uh, in a bit. You know, things change, Peter. And I, you know, somebody asked me the other day, we were saying, well, is this how you're going to, is this what you're trying to do now? You're, you're leaning into these kind of, you know, character pieces. And I was like, well, it's not what I want to do. <laughs> this is what happens when you get older, you know, <laughs> the parts change. And so, I look at them and say, well, you know, I, I look at careers that I really respected and people who aged well in cinema, uh, Newman aged well, because he really realized at a certain point that it's time to be a character actor in a way. And so the verdict is a character actor, even though it's still Paul Newman, you know. We're going to end this. And I know you've been, since you know you were talking to me today, working on the song you were going to do. I yeah. have been working on several songs. I want some of it. I heard you even named your puppy after your Aunt Rosemary. Yeah, which I come to think of it probably isn't the most complimentary thing to do. It's the St. Bernard, but yeah. <laughs> it's okay. She's feeling nothing but a good vibe. I hope so. It's meant in love. I don't care what it is that you take me out with, but I just want a little music from you. Well, I'll tell you what I'll do. Um, and okay. you can hear it comes again. And you can use this whenever you uh, feel appropriate, like if it's your birthday. There is mm-hmm. a Clooney family birthday song. Really? Oh, yeah. That we sing at every birthday. And we sing to other people at their birthdays. And, uh, and it's not the normal happy birthday song. And I think it was written by uh, a, a, a woman in, uh, who was a big star in, in Ruth Lyons in Cincinnati, Ohio, in the... I think in the 1940s and it never really caught, but it's been a big part of the family ever since. So we never sing happy birthday. So I will sing this to you. Okay. And then 
you can use it when it's your birthday and say, oh, George just called me up and sang me happy birthday. There it is then. I'm going to use it forever. So be Wait, careful. When, when is your birthday? June. Oh, so it's going to be a while. <laughs> it's going to be a while. All right. Well, you know, keep okay. it in. I'll pretend. Right. It goes like this. <laughs> so they say it's your birthday. That's what we've been told. What a wonderful birthday. You're another year old. On your cake, there'll be candles all colored. It's true. And the whole world is singing. Happy birthday to you. Beautiful. That yeah. goes in the time capsule. Sure, it should. It really does. George, thank you so much. <laughs> I hope you, your family, everybody stays safe and strong and that we all get together again soon and sing old songs Thanks. at a bar somewhere. And, and anybody watching, just remember, hang in there. We're almost through this. And all right. yeah, we're going to get there.